0: and welcome to the family based pod my name is jake and today we have a different kind of episode because as you all know this past monday was labor day so we took labor day off too and we decided to release a pre-recorded conversation i had with the childhood friend jake yes his name is also jake about his fandom as cubs fan talk about the past talk about the present, we talk about the future of the Cubs, and just baseball as a whole. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you are listening, thank you for listening. Record, uh, not record, subscribe wherever you are listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Uh, they'll alert you whenever there's a new episode and then also like, uh, comment anything. Just interactions, engagement, different. So enjoy the conversation, and thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week with a new episode. But have a good week. Enjoy. And welcome to a special episode of the Family Based Podcast. My name is Jake, and here we have a childhood friend of mine, and he is also Jake, Jake Carmel. (laughs) Say hi, Jake. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Always happy to talk about the cops. I wouldn't say happy all the time, but I think we'll get there. Right, Um, right. But genuinely, I, I never really asked you this question, so this is going to be just you know informal. We're not going to hit on any major mm-hmm. thing. I just really want to introduce you to the people who watch or listen, but also I want to ask questions, questions I've never asked you before. Um, mm-hmm. And that actually first starts off with, I never asked, but how did you actually become a Cubs fan? Yeah,
1: uh, I was born into it. My, uh, my dad is from, from Glencoe, Illinois, which is a north suburb of Chicago. Uh, right off the, uh, he's at, well, first he was from Skokie, which was right off the yellow line. And the yellow line you can take, for those who know Chicago, you can take it right to the red line and down to Wrigley. Yeah. Uh, and his childhood best friend is this uh, guy by the name of Ross Baumgartner, who uh, pitched for the White Sox and pitched for the Pirates. Yeah. And back in the day, the two of them used to take the Strokey Swift to the Red Line and drove sit in the bleachers for however twenty five cents, however a buck, however yeah. much tickets were back yeah. then.
0: Yeah, I was going to say dollar, but that seems high.
1: That's that does seem high for the sixties. Yeah, uh, and they would sit out there and they'd watch <clears throat> everyone from from those teams, Ron Sano and and Ernie and and. Uh, Kenny Holtzman, and he was there for Milt Pappas's uh, no-hitter. Uh, so I was born into it. I really had no choice, even growing up on the south side of Chicago.
0: <laughs> but did you grow up liking – like, which one came first, liking the Cubs or liking baseball?
1: They were both kind of at the same time. Uh, right. I grew yeah. – I uh, played Little League like everybody else did back – back when we were uh, growing up. And and so I got really into baseball, and with that came a love for the Cubs. Uh, I've been lucky enough where my dad has had season tickets for – or has bought into season tickets, I should say, because they're not his, uh, for as long as I can remember. So he used to take me to games from – 1998 was the first game I remember, even though I know yeah. I went to games before that all the way to 2016 playoffs and, and beyond. So I've been going to games for majority of my life and uh, really kind of just born into the lifestyle.
0: Yeah, certainly lifestyle, that's a good word choice. So I feel like being a Cubs fan, that that is a good word to use for it. So you said 1998 was the first game you went to um but what what was the earliest memory you have of the cubs or being a fan in general so i i do remember
1: uh here and there spotty games before then but i have a vivid a very vivid memory of going in 1998 and i actually on my other screen here i pulled up the box score from the game Uh, it was a game it was a game in august of 98 uh, versus the Houston Astros when they were still in the division and not in the American League. And the reason why I remember it is because the Cubs lost. They lost that game and we left early because they blew it late in the seventh inning. And when we walked out in the when we walked out of the game, Sammy Sosa hit a home run and I made my dad take me across the street to Wrigleyville Sports, which is still there. And when we walked out of Wrigleyville Sports, Sosa hit another home run. And so for whatever reason that memory has stuck with me, and that was the earliest game that I remember.
0: So Sosa so hit two home runs after you left. I mean, that teaches you a lesson to never leave early. Right.
1: <laughs> right. No, and 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 it's a very Cubs fan thing that my earliest memory is a loss.
0: Yeah, you know what this is tangent uh, for a second. I have a very vivid memory of when Terry Wood came back to the Cubs after a little bit, and he was a he was the uh, the closer, and mm. I remember them winning, and he uh, blew the lead in the ninth, and I just remember the visual, what this the audio like the sounds the fans the groans around me, but yeah that's a very Cubs thing is. Seeing something bad happen, that sticks out.
1: Right, right. No, and I. Uh, I yeah, good. What, what I was going to say is what I do remember, which was the same year, but before this, was I remember following along Kerry Wood when he struck out twenty against the Astros. That yeah. was in May of that year, uh, because I remember uh, my dad tried to get me to come with me with him to the game because it was an afternoon game my mom didn't let me go because it was during school so my dad went with some i don't remember who he went with probably my uncle and so he went to the game and he saw Kerry Wood strike out 20 while i was in fourth grade fourth grade social studies or whatever it was back then
0: i mean before the cubs won in at 16 that might have been like the cubs like big good moment Mm -hmm. and you had to go to school. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Western <laughs> Avenue. Also a lesson for parents, let a kid sometimes go to a day game. That's all. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. I
0: agree. <laughs> so you mentioned that Terrywood Wood and Sosa were one of those two players, your favorite player growing up or was someone else?
1: Growing up, it was pro- it was Sosa. I mean, everybody loved Sosa. Everyone loved as the rap song goes i I didn't even agree that was unintentional but everyone loved sammy sosa growing up uh i mean after the lockout in 94 which i don't i don't really remember but uh the home run race in 98 is what brought everybody back and i was right there in the right age of someone getting into baseball and i remember watching mark mcguire and watching sammy sosa I think A yeah. Rod might have hit 50 home runs that year. Watching A Rod go after the record, I know Griffey. I think he yeah. hit 50 that year, yeah. And, uh, and it was a perfect time to be a baseball fan as a young kid.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it was Griffey. What's within five home runs until like the last like three months or uh, two and a half months of this season. So I know Griffey. I'm not April. Well no, A-Rod could have had a good year, but
1: I know Griffey was the one. The A-rod one may may not have been right, but I know I know it was Griffey.
0: Yeah. I mean A Rod did hit a lot more home runs, but that was also due to something else. But I <laughs> you know that was Sosa McGuire, the only clean one we know of is Griffey, but either way, different topic. Um right. So but who's your favorite player right now, uh, on the Cubs? But maybe if it's someone else from not the Cubs, who's your favorite player to watch?
1: So I'm my favorite player to watch is probably Shohei Otani, just because yeah. what he does is so different than everybody else. And and but I feel like that that's bit. the stock that's right. I feel like that's the stock answer. But my favorite player on the Cubs is Ian Happ. I come from the I, – I always tell people that Ian Happ is, is a good baseball player and no one will ever wants to hear it, and I am the biggest Ian Happ supporter there is, and there are dozens, dozens of us,
0: Jake. There are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. I mean, he made the all-star team this year. mm mm-hmm. I mean, that's something – he's having the best year of his career. This week, he hit his 100th home run so Mm -hmm. yeah hopefully he'll be around we'll see I hope so too I hope so too um but so why in uh more
1: how it started was really just being a little bit of a contrarian with everyone who would always trash hap Mm -hmm. and so I'm like well I'm gonna find a reason to like this guy Mm -hmm. and just over the especially over the last couple of years uh at, really even with last year too how they sold everybody off last year yeah. uh, and he wasn't a part of the the 2016 team he came up in 17 and since 2019 he's been one of the best outfielders in all of baseball offensively uh which is something that a lot of people don't want to talk about uh and especially this year he's been playing great defense in left field so yeah he's a He's just one of those guys that shows up to the ballpark every day, plays hard, doesn't listen to people who trash him or deserved or not deserved. And he, he is one who I think that they need to extend and be there for the long term, be the new veteran presence.
0: Yeah, him and can first, for sure. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel? How do you feel with all the rumors with the Inhab possibly being traded this year? How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, I didn't want it to happen, but if he got traded, I get it because it's kind of a sell sell him high. This is probably near near his peak. I think he still is probably going to get even a little bit better, but he's probably about at his peak. He's in his late twenties. That's when most guys hit their peak. Um, so I mean, if they got value for him, then I was all for it. But uh, I was I was happy to see him not going on on deadline day.
0: Yeah, I mean, me too. We'll just say that. <laughs> um, so you you mentioned earlier that your dad had season tickets ground. up. Do you have season tickets right now? I
1: do. I have a half season, so this is the first year where they gave you the option to buy a half season with yeah. the ability any year from here on out to uh, upgrade to a full package. Yeah. Which I think, depending on what the prices come in at, uh, which yeah. they haven't told us, season ticket holders yet. Excuse me. Uh, depending what prices are for for my seeds, we'll see if I upgrade to a full season. But at least I'll do a half season next year.
0: All right, all right. So, so you're part of the 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 base that Tom Burke gets Jet Hort always talks about with season ticket holders. So now I know who to blame when they're like, <laughs> we're trying to trying to do better. Oh, so, um, right. but so so with the Cubs this year, I think we can agree. The Cubs, I think as of today, they are. 15-under, maybe today, I think maybe today they won, so maybe 14-under, either way. Mm-hmm. With the Cubs being under 500 and not playing well overall, is I don't mean it to sound weird, but is it hard sometimes to uh, go to the games, or is it still an enjoyable experience? I mean, the motivation,
1: that's a great question, because I, I think the motivation isn't there on an April day when it's 48 degrees out and it's drizzling in Chicago. And, right. and you don't want to go sit outside and you can't I, I can't even give tickets away or beg someone to go with. <laughs> right um, But on the rest of uh, the rest of the year, like when it's a night like tonight, um, I was able to. Well I gave my tickets to a I, I uh, auctioned them off at a charity event so if someone's taking my tickets tonight but uh, uh, on a night like tonight where it's 80 degrees in Chicago and sunny and no winds and no humidity, it's still the best place to watch a baseball game, I think. I know I'm biased, but I think I've been to, I've oh, been what? lucky enough to go to go to a lot of stadiums. Wrigley I think is still one of the best places to watch a baseball game.
0: Okay. Um very side down question, but uh what's your one other favorite place besides Wrigley that you see in the game?
1: Uh in San Francisco at uh T Mobile yep. at par- or t Park, I think it's called now or AT&T Stadium. Uh yeah,
0: some some.
1: One of one of the cell companies. I think T Mobile is Seattle. Right. Um but San Francisco is a beautiful ballpark right on right on the on the water. Um, The weather's never bad. Uh, Sometimes it could be cold, but it's never bad. Uh, The food's great at that field. Uh, It's a little expensive, but it's San Francisco. Right. Uh, But watching the game. It's one of the best places that I've been to to watch a baseball game.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've heard uh, Pittsburgh. I've heard uh, the Padre, like Petco Park. Um, Yeah, I've heard Seattle. Of course, you hear Fenway. But uh, but yeah, I think you forget about St. Fran. I think people forget how nice it is uh, on the live.
1: Yeah, I just think it's a very unique ballpark. I mean, I've been to Fenway. Fenway is also awesome. Fenway, like Wrigley, is one of the cathedrals of Major League Baseball. Uh, But Fenway is a little bit older than Wrigley, and so it's a little more crammed. Like Wrigley, they've done a great job with the renovations. Uh, And there are areas where you can't see, but in in Fenway, you could be like 8th row behind the dugout and have a pull Directly like this in front
0: of you. And Wrigley did a good job to try and get rid of that. Yeah. And I'll just add this. As someone in a wheelchair, I can't go to Fenway, really. I can go to maybe like six seats. But in Wrigley, um, it's actually a lot more accessible now with the renovations. So it's just my... Very, very subjective opinion. If I can get into your place, that's always a good thing. Right. Right. Um. So you mentioned your favorite player in Hep, but outside of him, who's a, a young player right now that you actually, you know, either see a long future for him or you just enjoy watching? Who's one of the younger guys? So I mean, I'm the
1: a- top prospect so a guy I am that guy who be, because with season tickets you get the MLB package and you get access to minor league games so I've watched some of the Cubs minor league games yeah so Pete, Pete crow Armstrong is he everything you read about him Cubs fans read about him he's he's the real deal he's a guy watching him play baseball he's gonna be a special player but on on the big league club I mean yeah. there's Christopher Morell, I think he, he's a guy that uh can play in multitude of different positions and uh if it weren't for uh, uh Atlanta and their ability to seemingly hold their young players hostage and sign into these team friendly extensions, yeah. Christopher Morrell might be might have been the National League rookie of the year. Uh Michael Harris is probably gonna win it in Atlanta, but He's right there in the conversation. Um, there's a bunch of good guys on that on that team. I I still consider Nico Horner one of the young guys. Nico Horner yeah. is taking a big step forward this year. Uh, those are really the two that stand out to me uh, when I watch them.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, on the on the podcast, we actually sometimes get into a debate: Is Sia Suzuki even really? I mean, we know he's a rookie. But mm-hmm. do we even consider him, like, a young guy on the team? Or is he just, like, this fog of a position where he is experienced but not really? Um, anyway, so, yeah, I, I do love Christopher Murrell. Uh I got on that train pretty early. Um, but, man, I don't know where he's going to play long-term. It, I mean, like, what position... Um, he plays second, third, he can play center. I just don't know where they're gonna slide him, but I guess that's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. So, don't, yeah, I don't really know. But you mentioned Nico Horner. So, again, on the podcast, we've had, I feel like it's gonna be like five of our you know 30 some episodes so far. We've had this like debate about Nico Horner. so the conversation is so you, Jake Carmel, would you stick with Nico Horner at shortstop or or it's not it's not an and question, or would you go out and get one of those top line free agents like a Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, uh maybe Danby Swanson? Would you go out get them? Or would you stick it out with a twenty five year old Nico Horner? So I think that
1: you can have your cake and eat it too in this situation. I think you can stick with Nico Horner, slide Horner over to second base and go out and get one of those guys. Because I think if you have the chance to land one of those guys, as good as Nico Horner is, those guys you just named are not, not only are they some of the top shortstops in baseball, they're some of the top players in baseball. And I think when you have a chance to go out and get one of those bats you take it, and especially a a Trey Turner who bats fourth right now for the Dodgers and steals 30 bases. I don't know if there's another cleanup hitter in baseball, maybe Otani when he bats cleanup when he's not pitching, who can steal bases like Turner can and hit for power, frankly. Um, Dansby Swanson might win the Gold Glove. Carlos Correa has been one of the best short hits, probably been the best shortstop in baseball over the last five years uh and then who was there was a fourth guy you you mentioned
0: well i didn't mention him but Uh, xander
1: bogarts oh xander bogart xander xander bogarts i think he's i think those three are in the are in kind of the a tier and then xander bogarts is right below them in that b tier yeah okay but i if it's between Nico Horner and Xander Bogarts, I don't think Xander Bogarts is frankly all that worth it. But I think if you have a chance to get one of those first three guys, you have to take it. And you have to then move Nico Horner to second base.
0: Yeah. So Nick, Nick Madrigal, uh, we gave him half season and we're like, see you later. Is that, is that your thought?
1: I mean, I, I don't – particularly like Magical all that much. Uh, I think he's good for what he is, which is a – like if if we were playing baseball in – Major League Baseball in 2000, in 2000, 1999, that's the type of second baseman Nick Magical is, where he's going to hit 280. He's also going to slug 280. Like he's yeah. not going to hit for any power. He's not really going to steal a ton of bases, and he's going to play fine second-base defense, which yeah. – Guys like that are a dime a dozen. He's not going to strike out a lot, which is good. But everything to me, or everything that tells me, is make him a middle infield utility guy that comes off the bench and and gives Nico Horner or hopefully Trey Turner, Correa, or Dansby Swanson a day off, which is
0: also a good problem to have. But... Yes. Yes. So – i made that point. I think it was like, I think it was in June. I think it was. I was advocating the Cubs actually get James B. Swanson. Because if you look at his numbers, he actually is hitting just a little bit below Trey Turner. But he's uh, making half of what Trey Turner makes right now. I'm mean, mm. sure in the in the future, be different. But yeah, he's also defensively, the only guy better at church stop than Nico Horner um mm-hmm. so I've been making that statement but it's almost like the longer Nico Horner is floating around 300 and playing good defense and uh, it's hard it's hard to and it's not hard to go out and sign someone much I think it'd be hard for Tom time break if it's to go out and sign someone that's yeah all.
1: I mean, I I I agree that the last couple years he hasn't shown that he wants to spend money, but he has he has shown before that he's willing to spend the money. I mean, granted, we know how the Jason Hayward experiment went, but he paid Jason Hayward, he yeah. paid John he paid a uh, John Lester, yeah. Um, so when when the time has come, he's done it. It's just a question of will he the soft
0: season which I don't know yeah so I mean that's the last like present day question ahead is is really about the you know strategy the the uh, the movement from the front office to get these young guys and we can talk about all these young guys and their promise um but are you? a Cubs fan who is patient and it's going to wait maybe another year or two to see a really good uh younger or would you rather see Tom Breakets Jed Horror to go out and spend money on and they said they spent money last offseason. They I mean they didn't really I outside, outside of Strowman they did. Um right but uh, so, which one would you prefer as a Cubs fan? Maybe longevity with this young group or going on maybe signing? I know you can have a cake in eat it too, but if you had the option of being like, I want to contend it in a year or two, like next year, do you think they're going to do that or should they do that?
1: So, I, I don't think they're. Oh. I don't think they're as far off as I thought they were going into this year. So okay. I actually, I actually think this year they've shown a lot of, a lot of promise with some of the players that they have. Uh, so I think next year, I think it should be, I, I I've told people around me about when they asked me about cup tickets and saying like, they're, they're so bad. Like, what do you mean you have season tickets and rickets and blah, 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 blah. And I say, I'm going to give them a, th- Give them three years. I'll give it three seasons. At the end of the third season, I'll reevaluate. If, if it seems that we're going back to the days of trying to buy Alfonso Soriano and Ted Lilly and and piecing oh. together, a team, which I don't want to go back to. So the fact that they're trying to do it with homegrown talent, I like. And I liked some of the guys that they've gotten in some of these trades. I mean, they yeah. they went from a farm system before last year, before these trades of their bottom third of the MLB, and yeah. now they're one of the top – I think they're, they're in the top ten. I know that for sure. I think they might be even, like, top eight. Um, so I think they have some some good guys that are coming up if they can stay healthy. Brennan yeah. Davis is coming back and playing baseball again. Like, he he's finally back from injury. Pete Crow Armstrong might make the team out of camp the way he's playing next year. Uh, I mean, Owen Casey is a guy to look out for. Yeah. He's going to be kind of an Adam Dunn type player where he's going to hit 30 home runs when he might strike out <laughs> 150 times.
0: Uh, but that, but that's cool nowadays.
1: Right. Which is batting average. My dad always says like he, whenever he does his, uh, Old man yells at cloud about baseball. He always says batting average doesn't mean anything anymore, and which is right, it really doesn't. There's more. There's m- more ways to calculate how valuable a player is to a baseball team. Uh, I think Alex, Alexander Canario, who they got in the Bryant trade last year,
0: yeah. he hit.
1: He's in Triple A now. He's hit thirty home runs between all the different leagues he's been in. I mean, they yeah. have players, so that's why I think that they can bring some of these guys up. Go get a shortstop. Go get starting pitching help because they need starting pitching help. Yeah. And and let's see let's see where this is in two years. I I, I don't think they're that far off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say you you just convinced me, but I'm closer that <laughs> way now. I, I don't. I don't want to. want to give you the satisfaction of saying that but um (laughs) i'm i'm a little bit closer i'll say that all right so uh thinking about the cubs feature um if you had to pick just one player what player do you think is going to be the cornerstone of the franchise i'm not talking about the haps that Contreras, or Stroman, I'm talking about those younger guys. You talked about mm-hmm. PCA a lot, um, Pete, Grant, pre, Pete Crow Armstrong. Do you think he is the cornerstone piece, or is there another young guy you think will be the guy?
1: I think, I think Crow Armstrong is, is going to be the guy. I really do. I mean, they don't make left-handed hitting outfielders who – yeah. can can run like he can in something that wasn't expected i don't even think when when the Mets traded him last year was the power that he's hitting for this year his power this year has taken him a, a huge step forward i mean i think he i think he's top five in and or was top five in high a ball and doubles
0: yeah. um
1: granted it's high a ball and i and i always have to tell myself with him like to pump the brakes a little bit but yeah. I mean the way that he is he plays great outfield. I think he's gonna be the hmm. he could play all three outfield positions and play him well. Uh I think yeah. he's gonna end up being the center fielder and I think Brennan Davis moves to one of the corner spots. But I think between those two guys I think Brennan Davis is still the real deal, even though he hasn't played this year really yet. But
0: yeah. We'll see. But but you just said he would take a corner outfield spot, so out of curiosity, they say Suzuki and Ian Hap. Are are they going to be short-term on the cups? And is Brendan Davis the long-term solution? I think I think
1: sadly, as much as I don't want to see Ian Hap go, I think Ian Hap is short-term. Um I I don't see he's under contract one more year. So I think he'll be with the team. Ne- he'll be with the team next year, and I think next year, if they're not competing, or if they think that they want to bring more guys up later in the year and have a year kind of like either 2004, like more like kind of 2014, yeah. when Baez came up, when Brian came up, when all those guys came up uh, near the end of the year, Solaire I think was a part of that group. Uh, yeah, I think Ian Happ will be one of those guys that gets. gets flipped for a couple of prospects Hmm. but if he stays if he stays i think he can play he's a swiss army knife he can play second he can play third he can play all three outfield positions he can play first yeah
0: yeah it'd be a real uh bummer for him to possibly go through another trade deadline like that again, but I mean, he might, I and mean, so can Contreras. He, he'll probably get the qualifying offer, Contreras, but uh, yeah, they might have the same fate next time around, and I'm still going to be, like, I mean, growing up as a catcher, I'm, like, a huge Contreras fan. Mm-hmm. People, people ragging on him, especially defensively, now that he's kind of bumped down his, I don't know, average, but being in a kind of slump, especially in July, they were ragging on him. But man, it'd be hard to see Contreras and Hap not be cups. Well, at least one of them not be a cup, like for for life. I think that'd be kind of weird. But also, again, no one, no one is a cup for life. So I guess being a cup for life would be weird too. Right, right. Um, I mean, can we can we
1: talk about the Wilson Contreras thing for for a second?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: I, I have some thoughts on it. So, uh, we were talking earlier about, about Jed Jed Hoyer's press conference after the deadline, yeah. And so Ian Hap the Ian Hap no trade. I understood because I I think now either you have to extend them or you at least have another year, year to trade on. The Wilson Contreras no trade, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what they are doing with him because Hoyer made a comment during his press conference that stuck out to me and really bothered me. He said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of, we don't think that the value that we were offered for Contreras crossed the threshold for right. what we were willing to part him with. It was something yeah. like that, yeah. which, which to me, tells me he had one plan with Wilson Contreras. It was to trade him to San Diego uh, because he didn't think that San Diego was going to get Juan Soto. And when he got, when they got Juan Soto, he was caught. He was caught with no plan, uh, because that value comment makes no sense. Because like you said about the qualifying offer, so they offer him, they give him the qualifying offer next year. And he's going to sign somewhere for a for a big deal, unless he takes a hometown discount for uh, whatever the qualifying offer is probably going to be, probably like 15 million or 18 million somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, and so he's so he's going to sign for a higher AAV or for or at least the same AAV for a longer term contract that the Cubs don't want to offer him because they haven't. And the Cubs then what get a third round pick. You're telling me that what you were offered isn't more valuable than than a random draft pick of a of a 19 year old who you have no idea what is going to happen, who's been playing high school baseball or or been a a probably another pitcher for a, some second tier Division one school. Yeah, I, that made that made no sense to me. Even if you're getting one top 100 prospect for him. Is more established than whoever you're going to get in the draft. And they could, they, they have scouted well to their credit. So they could find someone. But I was, I was pretty, I was pretty mad on the deadline day when, when Contreras wasn't traded.
0: Mm. As someone who is a Stan. I love Wilson Contreras. That's I, not,
1: that's not to say I don't.
0: Yeah. So, uh, do I, so at the time and now that i guess time is kind of passed a little bit I, I i'm not saying i'm more on that side but i'm more confused by, um especially uh the young catchers that are coming up like adley rushman is i mean he's the real real real, real the real oh, the real guy uh for sure um i think they're they're but with contrast he is in the discussion for all-pro, or at least second, maybe third-team uh, catcher in my in my opinion. My it's, oh yeah, you know, subjective. I know that. Um. So when I heard him say that that comment, I was like, "So you evaluated him as like." the, but one of the best, if not the best guy out there, and you did not get an offer that was, you know, good. Like that equaled the value. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, I was like, I'm kind of okay with that because that means you value him highly. And I know in the future, it's going to make things, it's just decision-making kind of mm-hmm. fuzzy. But uh, I'm, since the beginning of the year, I've always championed the extend contours thing. I've, mm-hmm. I've said it from day one, extend him, I don't care. I even said at one point, give him a blank check and let, let him stay forever. And also I would say that he is a good mentor. He is, uh, yeah. I think also, yeah, the the crap people give him defensively i think he's kind of proven that wrong but i would say Mm -hmm. that it does confuse me because i don't know if i agree that the partners were the only option but man once uh the astros traded for uh who was it velasquez yeah once once the astros got velasquez i was like yeah this is not gonna go well like yeah um, because if they're getting him in that trading for Contreras, I don't know who can offer something like if they're willing to kind of settle for Velasquez. Um, But man, I want to see Contreras long term, so I was okay with it. That's kind of yeah. my one my one point.
1: Yeah, I think the only other team who right, I mean that that was part of the problem is there weren't a ton of suitors out there for who needed catchers. Right. The one who needs catcher the most is probably the New York Mets. But the New York Mets, not only their top prospect, but the top prospect in baseball was Francisco Alvarez. What yeah. position does he play? He's a catcher. So they weren't going to be willing to part with pieces for, for one year, half a year of Contreras when they have their guy coming up next year. Uh, and then I think the other issue – with the market for Contreras was there were so many, it was, it was Contreras and then everybody else. And there were so many other catchers available where teams were like, we can get a guy who's probably, and I agree with you. I think Contreras has, has proved a lot of people wrong. I mean, he's really good defensively, but, uh, teams could say we can get a catcher who we think is better defensively than Contreras, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent definitely worse offensively and we don't we we have to part with a 19 year old 300th in our system prospect for them they do that all day yeah
0: yeah i mean uh yeah i i would just say simply it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next the year be
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think uh I he wants wants to stay here, you know, with the Cubs. I don't know if he will, but we'll I think that'd be kind of interesting. One question is that I'll just transition. One question that we talked about very early on in the year was uh the, the no sorry this conversation came up and around about way from Deshaun Watson. So with all his garbage that he brought with him, um mm-hmm. the question actually came up was is there something your favorite sports team? Let's just keep it as the Cubs. Is there something the Cubs could do to not make you a fan? Like, is there a political move? Is there no oh, sorry the conversation either came up with ukraine and russia i don't even know how but um uh, we we're talking about what if tom rick like supported putin uh not saying he did or will but is there something that cups could do that wouldn't make you kind of either back off as a cups fan or maybe just completely eliminate them wow um, <laughs> wow.
1: I mean, the, completely eliminate, probably not. Oh. I, I, I say that, but I, I mean, I'm right. I mean, it would have to be something real. Like, like Tom would have to like have a private army marching tanks down Michigan, Michigan Avenue, because oh. I mean, the records obviously have all their their politics with, with their dad, Joe, and, and Pete is the governor of Nebraska and Todd was in the Trump administration. And, but Laura Ricketts is the daughter who's on the board of the Cubs and she's on the board of Emily's list and was Hillary yeah. Clinton's biggest fundraiser in 2016. Um, I mean, it, it would have to be, it would have to be something like, to borrow, borrow a quote from "He Who Shall Not Be Named," like shooting a guy in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Okay, but I mean that would that would make me think second thoughts. But I mean, at the same time, like if it's something, if it's something at the ownership level, where it's something that one of like Ricketts or one of the Ricketts kids did, or or Joe did, Joe Ricketts, the old man did something worse than what he's already been doing. It would make me. It would make me second guess. More about season tickets. Yeah. Would I still have a Fubo TV subscription so I can watch the Marquee Network? So I can watch games. Like, would I still go to games when, especially while they're bad? While tickets, like uh, I listed tickets the other day for ten bucks a seat, and they didn't sell. Like would I mm. like would I try and buy ten dollars tickets and go? Yeah, I mean it. It is so ingrained in me. Like the the movie Moneyball, or yeah. not Moneyball, Fever Pitch. The movie Fever Pitch. Oh right, great. With, with yeah, with, that makes
0: more sense.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Not Moneyball. <laughs> the The movie Fever Pitch. Jimmy Fallon. I mean, I'm not a ma- uh, high school math teacher, but but that's me with with the Cubs. I mean like it's no accident that i have this background ready to go because it's my zoom background for work calls i'm wearing my cub sweatshirt i have three yeah. more cubs sweatshirts in the closet i've yeah i don't know how many t-shirts i think i have four or five jerseys in my closet like i have a lot of Cubs stuff
0: a little bit uh, i have a lot of Cubs hats i won't say Oh, yeah, I wouldn't say that, that many jerseys because I got burned. Uh, during 2016, my favorite player was Edison Russell. Ooh. And uh, very quickly, he became not my favorite. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I want to spend money on jersey. But then I, I bought one for Rizzo, and then he got traded like a month later. So scars, we'll say that.
1: I have um, a brand jersey hanging up in there
0: yeah so the so ownership would have to do something like significant like national national news
1: yeah i think it would have to be something to that level or like or like tom or 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 more likely one of his brothers runs for president and Mm. they're using the cubs as a fundraising arm i would probably right think twice about giving money to them because I don't want them to use my money for the campaign. Like that's probably, that's honestly probably my answer is one of them runs for president and uses the team as a fundraising arm. Okay. It would make me pause.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I get that for sure. Um, I will admit, I don't remember my answer uh, at the time, but man, um, I would just say this simply is uh, if the Cubs signed a player with the background of Deshaun Watson and stuck by him, like the Browns are right now, then maybe that, I mean, maybe that's all I'm saying. is Maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean, the closest thing we had was 2016. They traded for a role as Chapman.
0: Yeah, true. But, um,
1: but- I mean both both bad situations, yeah. but one is a serial sexual assaulter and one was allegedly. Inclined. Allegedly. Alleged-
0: allegedly. Yeah, we have to say it allegedly. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um all right. So last question is and this is in August as we record it. So we made predictions before the year uh who's mm-hmm. going to win the world series as of august right now i know you've got a huge advantage over me but <laughs> in in august who's the world series champion uh of this year of 2022 do you think
1: the new york metropolitans i think the new wow. york mets i am i am all in on the new york mets uh they've probably other than the cubs They are who I've watched the most this year with the MLB package. Um, With Scherzer getting healthy, DeGround coming back, Taiwan Walker has been great this year for them. Uh, Chris Bassett has been great for them. Their offense is the best offense they've had in quite some time, probably since 2015 when they made the World Series. Uh, Their bullpen leaves a lot to be desired until you get to Edwin Diaz. Yeah. Edwin Diaz is the best reliever in baseball. And I think that goes a long way. Uh They're going to have to have some guys step up to go into the playoffs. You need a, you need a complete pen. You you don't, you can't just rely on one guy, but they've yeah. had, I mean, with how good they've been, they've had more times than not where that bullpen is held up well. Or if DeGrom goes eight innings and you go to Edwin Diaz in October, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Or if you're up six runs before you get to the get to the bullpen, it doesn't matter. Uh, so the New York Mets are my World Series champion.
0: You know, I'm interested to see if they. I'm not interested if they're. I'm not gonna say not interested. Um, I'm gonna say I'm intrigued more if the Braves are gonna somehow win the division. That's mm-hmm. all. Do I think the Mets will go far? Yeah. But the that division race will be fun for sure. Um, so I'm gonna hold you to that. Um, we'll see and if that Mets if the Mets Mets or you right. know if they pull an early exit, <laughs> man, I'm gonna shove that in your face. But also, I picked the Blue Jays uh, before the year and uh they're in the wild card spot. But they're they've got issues as well so you can clown me if they exit early <laughs> which they might but we'll see didn't they didn't they fire
1: their manager too
0: yeah yeah this, <laughs> it makes no sense but i mean uh, man. yeah i i want to i want to go off and talk about it but i'll just say this if one of these teams has an early exit one of the jokes is, is gonna get their face smashed with this um i i have more faith in the Mets right now so mm-hmm. i'm i'm expecting that pine face that's all um all right so i've asked you some questions about the past present and the future of the cubs but also just in general so i just want to thank you for coming on um this is just this is the first time we're doing it so we'll see how how it goes from here but thank you for being the first one and thanks uh for the patience that goes in with this um so that's gonna wrap up uh this special episode of the family based pod my name is jake and we're here with jake carmel and we're gonna say bye jake bye jake go cubs yeah, that's, uh, I'll keep saying it. I don't know how much I'll, you know, continue to believe it, but may not. Yeah, go Cubs. We'll see you guys <coughs> next week. Thanks for watching.
1: Hey, I'm Eden. Thanks for
0: watching this episode of my dad's podcast. Check out the links in the description to follow the podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and other, and the other social media. Make sure sure you like and subscribe and hit the bell to let you know when there's a new episode thanks for watching and listen and for listening bye